sports listeners. I'm your host, Erica Salda, the queen of team. Please tune in every single Tuesday. This whole hour of Santa Barbara Teen Athletes. Woo! And we're talking all athletes. Welcome. Welcome, welcome. I can't even imagine living anyplace else other than Santa Barbara. We are so blessed. Blessed, blessed, blessed. Uh, we have a short crew today, but they're going to be trickling in over the next hour. Um, it's just one of those crazy days for some. So we're going to be doing the rotation. It's going to be the rotation hour, Dr. D. We're going to be rotating in and rotating out. You might look up at the screen and say, who are all these newbies? We don't even know. We might, we might be going global today. I don't know if Laura Arcadia is going to be joining us. In She's Italy. Back in Italy. Yeah, in Italy, but we'll see. We've got, we've got also Anna might pop in from San Diego. <laughs> this is why we don't script anything, okay? You can't script on Teen Sports Radio. But in the house, we have, put our hands together, we have Sierra Boatwright, Christine Marie, a view from the deck, of course, Dominique Hackett. Richard Dugan puts it all together. It makes us, uh, not, I like Cleans us up, as they say, at the end of the day. Um, let's start off again. We'll start off with Christine. We have gratitude. I love gratitude. Who, do you, who are you thankful for this week, or this past week? Anybody? Christine. I am thankful for, oh, my gosh, I should be, I should have already have this on here. I'm thankful for, I, the, the name Omar comes to me. He's one of the, he's a driver for um, my mother from the SNI, a skilled nursing facility. And um, I'm just thankful for them. They're really helping my mom get herself together and, and come in. You know, she's coming back from Santa Paula back and forth into Santa Barbara for her chemo. And um, I'm really just actually I'm thankful to him for irritating my mom so that she actually sort of took some things into her own hands and started moving forward with her own health care. So it's might be an, it's, a, it's a sort of a backward gratitude, but not really. You know, I'm really happy. Um, the, the, she's sort of taking things in her own hands. So thank life, you. Life, we got a life coach Omar in the house. I love that. <laughs> I love that. It goes right along with Sierra Boatwright. You have those skill sets and you're cloaked yep. as a driver, but you're actually <laughs> yep, a life yep. coach. Yep, those, those triggers. Throw it into this guy's chamber and he just bangs it into you and then he throws you out back on the street. I love it. <laughs> I love that. Road. That's it. You can charge for that. That's <laughs> awesome. Fantastic. At least you'll get the gas money anyway, right? <laughs> Dominique, what do you say? Who do you like? Ah, uh, real quick shout out to the Apple Store, Dave at the Apple Store. So for teenagers, your parents may be handing you a cell phone or handing you an iPad or something like that. But you should know at the Apple Store they have what they call as a genius bar. And you can walk in there. And they're super helpful, super friendly, and they can teach you things that probably your parents don't know about the device that you're using if you're using an Apple device. So shout out to Dave at the Apple Store. And it's actually got you all excited about your, so you got to start us off with the first segment because of this. I love that. I love that. Things that happen during the day, it always has to tie back to how can I share this on Teen Sports Radio? That's what we live for, actually. <laughs> Some of us. Sierra Boatwright, what do you say? Hey, um, I'm feeling really grateful for our farmers. You know, Santa Barbara County is a broad county, and we are super blessed to produce a lot of our own food. Um, in particular, I've been thinking about the White Buffalo Land Trust. They recently acquired a huge property in Halama. 
and are um, in the process of bringing their um, vin the vineyards on this property into the permaculture mm -hmm. style of producing food, which is you know really nourishing for the soils, which is then the foundation of all of the microbial and biodiversity life on that property. And it's it's going to be a gem. And I'm just so excited for them, White Buffalo Land Trust. Thank you guys for doing your awesome work. Wow. wow, that touches my heart. Yeah, that's so and beautiful. I, that's, I'm not familiar with that one. That's awesome. Thank you for they, sharing. They have a they have a flagship farm in Carpinteria as well, just a little 12 acre farm in Carp. Um, but then the Halama the Halama Ranch is um, well, it was like a six million dollar campaign. So it's a huge thousand. I think it's like a thousand acres. Wow, wow that's that awesome. is so amazing. Fantastic. Okay, we got Angela Miller Bevan in the house, director at the Braille Institute. You know the uh, the routine. We're doing our gratitude section, and you popped right in and on gratitude. So you have to name names today. Name me a name of who you're thankful for this week. Way to make me think off the. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's not staged. The show is not staged. I am grateful for. Thai massage. Uh, my friend Paula over at the Thai massage place. It's called Malaya. Malaya. Malaysia. Is that what it is? It's on State Street, but Paula is the best. I threw my neck out, and I'm not kidding. Thai massage is where it's at. So because <laughs> I can turn my neck now. It's yeah. Yay! Wow. <laughs> That's so awesome. That and I'm also grateful for my fabulous Braille staff because, um, as you know, Richard, who's on the show, he's one of my staff members, and they're just so passionate about what they're doing, and Dominique teaching Braille, and everyone that works with me is just so passionate about what we're doing at the Braille. So I'm very grateful for everyone over there. So I hope that everybody will be able to join us soon. It comes from the top down, not to give you a plug because, yeah, you know, you got enough palm prints on your back. Um, <laughs> but at the end of the day, when, you, when you're going out on the march and hooking up with all the schools and identifying over a thousand kids that have um, are sight impaired and, you know, you right away the awareness. And I'm not saying that you knew or didn't know whatever, but now you're because you are the queen connector. And now you're getting all your resources. You got your budget approved. You're going to start, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing the kids and, and starting up those programs again, because it really is about the kids. It's always about the kids. It's only about the kids in our world. So I'm so, so we're, we're thankful for you. Yeah, we're looking for a youth instructor. So keep your, your eyes and ears open out there, everyone. We're looking for a youth instructor to work with our youth Um at the braille so that was part of our budget that got approved and so we're excited to have another youth program um enter into santa barbara county because it is okay, look at sierra boatwright's wheels going like this she's she's working it she's watched this that's why she's not texting you right now because we want to have the core people that have that same energetic vibe because that's how things get done that's how we have turnarounds and I, i'm so thank i'm so happy because you know you had a lot of different opportunities um in this town and you chose the i had my fingers crossed because i really do think it was a coming home for you um yeah. it's back to back to your family your family roots with all the support that your family has given the braille so i think it's a perfect fit and they're very lucky to have you angela thank you i'm i'm very lucky to be there i every day i'm just 
doing my gratitude and just amazed at how I landed there because it wasn't, it, I, it wasn't in my plan and then it just all happened. And so it's, it's, I'm grateful for God and the universe and everybody guiding me into that position because when you're in a position where you're happy, it just makes everything else call, come full circle. Here's my little uh, football player. I mean, basketball player standing right here too. We have a youth in the house. Yay! <laughs> Jackson, <laughs> come on, camera. Jackson, as you all know, this is early in the morning, so Jackson just woke up. <laughs> That's fine. Well, I, I uh, as in supporting you and all of your efforts, we got to like bring it right back. I mean, it, where you are on camera, you just got to look over about 45 degrees to your right. And that's the producer, Richard Dugan, who knocked, I love your commercials. And of course, they're going to be um, in sync, you know, playing four times a week, telling Santa Barbara uh, everything that you're about. You know, you can upgrade them anytime you want. So we've got a couple of minutes left. Well, thank, thank, you. thank you. Thank you for those wonderful new commercials you're giving everybody. And who is your. Uh, who do you want to give a testament to gratitude to? I'll give a shout out to uh, Amy Saltzman. She's uh, been uh, uh, very supportive of uh, uh, chatting with me, and we're going to have an interview on my program. So uh, looking forward to that. Uh, and she's just been very helpful in, uh, in a lot of the stuff going on behind the scenes. So thank you to uh, Dr. Emily, uh, Amy, Amy Saltzman. Super nice. Yay. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I, I, she's been a real ass. Uh, what do you say? Asset. Asset. Definitely. For the whole community. Yeah. For the whole community. And we're very blessed to have her on uh, once a month. Yep. So very, very happy about that. All right. So we are going to take a quick little break and we're going to get right back quickly. Don't go away. Fill up your coffee. Before you do that, hit like on all of our social media platforms. That's always very, very important. Oh, yes. And then we're going to get with Dominique Hackett after these messages. And this is Santa Barbara Teen Sports Radio Show. I am your host, Erica Salda, the Queen of Teen. Please tune in every single Tuesday at 9 a.m. Hello, welcome back to Teen Sports Radio. This is Dominique Hackett. Um, I help support Santa Barbara Wellness Center and also teach volunteer for the Braille Institute. And this morning, I just wanted to have a quick chat about something that I'm doing with my son who's located in Seattle. We're looking at our use of technology. And we've realized that during this time of COVID, we've kind of become so married to our phones that uh, we don't go anywhere without them. And we realize we're on them too much. So we've had full discussions about um, how do you get rid of your phone? Uh, could you possibly get rid of the phone and just maybe have an iPad or a tablet? Uh, and what are the whole dynamics of what's happening there? So first of all, a shout out to the Apple store because one of their employees when I told her that I wanted to, you know, get rid of my phone in order to keep your number, if you're attached to your phone number, 
you have to anchor it somewhere, and you can't anchor it on a tablet. Apparently, there are voice lines and data lines. I did not know this. So when you have a tablet or an iPad, that is a data line, and your cell phone or flip phone is a voice line. So we were contemplating the various options, and I was considering, you know, can I purchase a smaller phone, or you know, what, what can I do to try to minimize my use of technology? And she looked at me and said. Have you considered just turning it off and putting it in the drawer? And <laughs> I know seriously, really strange. I know she stared at her. I mean, she had a. This is what she just said. That shows you how bad we are. Like bad. For some reason or other, it just did not dawn on me that I could just go for a walk and not take my phone with me. So uh, yeah, so I wanted to. I, I'm bringing up the subject for two reasons. Number one, um, it technology is getting complex, but also simpler too.、Um, it seems to me to be easier to work with our senior population, our grandparents, and so forth,、mm -hmm. to help them with technology. I I have a much easier time now than I did when. Some of this stuff first came That's out. That's originally how it started because your son was trying to be the IT support for, for his, his grandmother, grandmother, who didn't understand technology at all. Yeah. So that was a wonderful thing. He came down here, spent a lot of time with her, got her all up, and now she's just now. Anytime you talk to her, you have to do FaceTime. You have just to see you. <laughs> Uh, so it was really nice. So that's going really well. So the the first thing is to、uh, try to understand and not get frustrated,、yeah. but un, and ask lots of questions. But try to understand how technology is working in your life, and then consider that it's our habits, it's our choices about how we're using technology. And consider、um, some people use a tradition.、Uh, there's a Jewish tradition of、uh, Shabbat on Friday. So Friday nights, a lot of people are turning their phones off and turning their technology off, and spending Saturday with people and friends rather than on technology. So、um, everyone may want to consider some sort of a practice like that. Maybe start out once a month, and you can, you know, let your family and friends know, hey. I'm taking a just brief exodus from my technology and spending some time with people rather than with technology. So we're, my son and I are realizing, wow, we're going to watch what's happening with our habits, and we are going to try to shift our technology use from the phone actually to an iPad and a tablet, and see how that changes our interaction with technology and maybe helps. Give us more downtime、mm -hmm. because we need that empty space where we're not engaging and we're just free will thinking and enjoying nature, and that is so restorative to the body.、Mm -hmm. So I just wanted to share that.、Um, wow, I learned meditation a long time ago, but I have become addicted to my phone. It's almost today. I wouldn't I even we all have even a bad thing for like the pager to come back. You know where there's only like the pager company still exists. Exists the pager company. I went by it and it is still open. I don't know what they do down there. There's <laughs> a pager. There's a pager、yeah. company. It's open. Yeah, it's really. What do you need? I mean, when I, when the phone first came out, as people started texting, I mean, people that do the miles of textings, we got to scroll, and I get my stomach gets upset. I mean, texting was always for me. It's time, place, 
Yes, no. It, it was, and now it's gotten to be a, a form of it's a it's relationship. Exactly. There, there are some exactly. people who have full relationships on their text messages. Exactly. I think we should um, we should explain to the audience because I'm learning this with my staff that's much younger than I am um, what a pager is. <laughs> I make comments about things and they look at me like I have two heads <laughs> about Brady Bunch. I'm like, how do you not know who the Brady Bunch is? <laughs> On a pager, it would just give you a beep if someone was trying to call you. And then we got so talented at creating messages out of numbers on your pager. So you could put certain numbers in to make a message. So that was like pre-texting. Which right. You could only do like two words. Right. <laughs> Hello. Right. right. Love you. Love you. That's what I do. Yeah. Back in the day. I don't know. I think in the Stone Age. Yeah. I think for kids, Christine, we're gonna I'm gonna get to write to you write to you, but I think for kids it's really important because I do notice this with my own two sons. It's not like they don't want to call their mom back. They are not attached. I mean, they're working all day. They are not by their phone. So our conversations, 90% is early in the morning, you know, when they get up working after they work out to or from or at night. So they don't need me during the day either. So really what emergency, what, what would I really need something to get back to somebody in a timely manner if it's work related, you know, instead of just saying hello, because <laughs> I don't have a life <laughs> to say hello <laughs> to your phone. So um, we're trying that now. We're putting the phones down when we actually... Let's, let's face it, if anything happened, everybody has a phone. What's the chances of you needing the phone? And then you could always put, like we decided, to put the emergency flip phone in the car. That's pretty much it. And that's got to be part of your disaster kit anyway. So there you go. Well, Christine. I would love to jump in if... Yes, Sarah. I, I, sorry, Christine, did you want to jump in? Okay. Well, I was just going to say two things. One, that... Um, I listened to a, a different radio station. They talked to, they put out a fun fact that 73 people do not like receiving phone messages on their phone, which I think is very interesting because I'm a talker, I'm a phoner, and I don't like, I'm not, I don't like to text, especially if it's something important. Um, and then um, also, I, I am very good friends with airplane mode on my phone. Um, oh, yeah. And I put it on do not disturb from 9 p.m. to 7 in the morning, but I also then hit airplane mode when I go to sleep. Of course, it's when, you know, I don't have kids, there's no one who has to reach me in an emergency unless there's something going on with my mom. But those two things I find very helpful. And I love it when I forget my phone at home. I think it's an amazing thing. You know? Yeah, I, I could tell you whole stories about the attempts to communicate with Christine in various forms of texting or voicing. Like, well, I'll te text her something in very detailed and she'll be like, let's talk. Like, do her. <laughs> so, but, but I want to say to the parents, like parents of teens, you're in a, you're in a kind of challenging spot, right? Because your kids have this technology. They feel very empowered and independent because of it. And I can tell from my own children and from clients and um, teen and adult clients that, that there's a, a power struggle that can happen when parents try to set limits around the use of technology with their teens. But I just want to encourage parents to feel empowered that family time is a priority and a value that you can uphold. And you can use things like the basket, put your phone in the basket, turn your phone off. We don't have the phone at the dinner table. We're going on a family hike. There's not going to be a reception there. Um, you can institute these small things. And, and I want to warn you ahead of time, when if you haven't been setting these boundaries and you start to do that, you're going to see some reactivity. Uh, depending on the level of relationship your kid has with their technology, it can be a lesser or greater level of reactivity. 
And there is a semi-addictive uh, quality to the relationship that all of us have with these devices. So just be strong, be clear about what your boundaries are, start small, and tell your kid the whole time, I love you, and this, those people, those shows, those whatever, will be there when you get back. It's so uh, that, addictive, that addictive side to it, because we just went through that over the last couple months, and we have just, we even made him, he kind of understood our 14-year-old, because we took it away, and then all of a sudden, he was having conversations with us, and we were we were spending time together and it was like, you could see, and then when they are on it too much and then you say it's time to get off, it's this addictive, like freak out, like, like all the signs of withdrawal are there. All the clinical signs of withdrawal are there. (laughs) And you're just kind of like, are you kidding? Look at you, look at yourself, look at what, you know, you're like, take a deep breath. It's not the end of the world. Like somebody might not be able to get a hold of me. It'll be okay. They'll get a hold of you later. Yeah, and I'm going to talk a little bit about this in a segment, but just that teens are really attached to their peer influence right now, and that's why that's what's fueling part of this. It's also the dopamine of the ding, 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 ding. It is also the fact that developmentally speaking, they are peer oriented right now, so it does feel like life or death to them. Yeah, and I just I was shocked to recognize that I have an addiction that I wasn't. I wasn't aware of. I was not being um, self-observant and noticing my habits. But as soon as I had the discussion with my son, hey, let's give up our phone, my whole body went, no. (laughs) I'm like, oh, I need to look at this. (laughs) It is kind of scary, though, because kids today, they are so married to that phone. And if you don't get a reaction, then they start playing head games um, and identifying it maybe not in the in the right context. And that's not a good thing either. Yeah, so yeah. I, I really do think, I hope parents today, we don't have any grand, well. Not yet, know, not, not currently. Yet, but I, I don't, I don't agree with giving them, I mean, I see in the restaurants, I see a three-year-old or a two-year-old playing with mommy or daddy's phone. I, I don't know where I stand on that yet because it's not my grandkid. But well, when I first looked at it, I'm like, why can't you give him, I, I no, but I, it's not my business, I guess. I, I think parents need to realize, and Christine, you can probably address this too, the mirror neurons, we actually need to see each other's faces mm-hmm. and be looking eye to eye in order for our whole health of our whole body system. Mm-hmm. We, we need that. We need each other's smiles and eye contact. Mm-hmm. There's amazing universe of things going on. Right. Well, thank you so much. We're looking forward to Sierra Boatwright right after these messages. Teen Sports Radio Show. I am your host, Erica Salda, the Queen of Teen. Please tune in every single Tuesday at 9 a.m. 
Welcome back to Teen Sports Radio. I'm Sierra Boatwright, LMFT of Santa Barbara Ecotherapy. You can check me out on Instagram and Facebook and also online at sbecotherapy.com. I want to tag on to what we were just talking about in the last segment with the story that Dominique shared, uh, just about the attachment that we have with our devices and the sort of uh, impairments to our relationships, right? So my work is around helping people have healthy relationships with themselves with the people in their lives, with their occupations or their educational pursuits or the things that just basically make life worth living, whatever that is for you. And what we have seen uh, for really decades now with uh, the deeper integration of technology into the lives of our kids is type of withdrawal symptom that uh, can show up when parents or teachers try to set limits around uh, the use of this technology. So I've pulled out my trusty DSM. This is a compendium of human suffering, as I call it, all the labels that we use to describe the ways we as human beings suffer in the world. And I thought I would just share with you um, the, the criteria for withdrawal symptoms as it relates to substances, because I think you'll see the direct correlations if you uh, begin to set these boundaries and have some reactivity from your, your teen that this is this is makes it even more evident why we need to do this. So if we're having uh, autonom- autonomic hyperactivity, so if your teens like starts like getting really activated, they're like their hearts racing and they're they're breathing differently and they're talking differently because of all of that. They're you know they're activated. Um, they might be uh, showing like more anxiety. They might show more pressured speech. They might like you know amp up their energy double or triple of what they normally are. It's getting in the way of you being able to communicate with them, their, their, their ability to uh, rationalize and their ability to have cogent conversation is just kind of like cut off because they're now flooded. Um, the, the way in which that they try to engage with other meaningful parts of their lives, like my kids will say, well, what am I going to do if I don't have my phone? It's like, well, what else could you be doing? Well, I don't know. This is boring. It's like, well, so you actually have a whole social network that you can engage with without the technology. You go out and skateboard, ride your bike, go to the coffee shop, read a book, do art, go for a hike. Like there's all these things that you could do, but they just can't make that connection. So I just wanted to put a few of those things forward. And, and, and those symptoms of all of that agitation, if you give them the device back, all of it just immediately quiets down. The same thing that happens with people who are in substance use addiction. You take away their benzo, you take away their alcohol, all that stuff shows up, all that reactivity shows up. But as soon as you re-administer it, oh, you're like calm again. Mm. So, so this relationship, hey, Richard, welcome to the show. <laughs> um, all of these types of symptoms that we see when we withdraw the technology from our teens gives us these clues that there is actually a semi-addictive relationship going on and that even though they don't like it, they actually need us to set those boundaries for them. Because just like Dominique said, she's a full grown woman. And the, the person at the genius bar had to say to her, well, have you thought about just turning your phone off and sticking it in a drawer? Like we as adults don't even think to set those boundaries for ourselves, right? So our teens are still needing us to model some of that for them. And, and, and by that, I mean that to model that. So we're not only putting those boundaries around our kids, we're also putting them on ourselves and we're co you know, creating this different way of relating to technology. So. I, look at the, I, look at, I look at the technology as just a sneaky way 
of um, it's a control device, right? So when you let it go, it's almost like you got to battle with your ego. It's like my, it's like my ball, my bat. You don't want to let it go. But at the same time, now that they've given you this little toy, they've actually controlling you as well. So it's, it was, it was, it's been a rough week. Let me tell you, I've been doing a lot of cooking. Okay. That's nourishing. That's what I've been doing. If you think about it, human beings before, you know, the Industrial Revolution, where were the places where we found the greatest connection around the table, around the fire, around the growing and harvesting of food and water and all of our resources, right? So I love it that that's what you guys are doing. You're doing a lot more cooking. You're getting creative in the kitchen. You're starting new recipes. Like, yes, you, your family may need to develop some new activities or traditions. In my household, we have family day. Where it's like, I let my kids who work know ahead of time, don't schedule yourself to work on Sunday. We're going to Guadalupe Dunes and you're probably not going to have self-reception for a lot of that time. And you should just be prepared and let your people know, like, you're just not going to be available. And it's like, wow, imagine that. Like, I might not be at your beck and call for eight hours or so. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, I mean, it really is. uh, It is a developmental reality that at this stage from 15 to 18, especially 12 to 15, it's also happening, but 15 to 18 years old, it's like a really big deal. When, when we're developing our sense of identity and our sense of self, it starts super small as infants with our primary caregivers. How do they reflect to us? The mirror neurons thing. Are they responsive to our cries? Are our basic needs met? This tells us that the world is a safe place to be and that people actually care about us, which means that we are worthy, right? And this is all implicit. This is not with any linear or, or verbalized thing. It's just something we feel and experience. And it slowly concentrically grows. First is the primary caregivers, then it's the nuclear family, then it's the extended family, then it's the the church or the neighborhood, and then it's the school, and then it becomes like peers at large. And that's where these guys are at. So for all of our teen, you know, athletes and students and parents of teens listening, like the fact that our kids feel like life and death hangs on the validation they're getting from their peers, the likes and the follows on their social media, the fact I know streaks were a thing for a really long time. I don't know if that's still a thing, but my daughter would literally freak out if I said, hey, it's 10 o'clock, it's time to turn your phone in. And she hadn't sent her streaks. Oh my gosh. Like, I don't send my streaks like people. And this is like an Instagram thing or a snap. I don't even know what platform it was on, but it was a thing. So this is where they're finding their sense of identity. It is a natural unfolding of human development. We are still important. We still need to set those boundaries and show like validation as well. But, but for the kiddos listening, I want to encourage you that, that your validation of yourself is as important, if not more important, than the validation you're getting from other people. I had a client come in this week who was really expressing some pretty strong depression because her, her networks weren't connecting with her the way they used to. She wasn't getting, thank you, Richard, um, she wasn't getting the validation and the likes and the, and the acknowledgement in social media that she was accustomed to. And also her texting uh, relationships were starting to, to wane. And it was really bringing up a lot of like fear of, of lack of self-worth or lack of worth uh, to those people. And so we started working with some techniques like every day, I want you to make a post-it note of one thing that you appreciate about yourself and put it on your bathroom mirror. So by the time I talk to you next week, there should be at least seven post-it notes on the bathroom mirror saying things that you love and appreciate about yourself. It doesn't have to be physical. It could be uh 
a triumph you had the day before. I am so proud of myself that I did not smack talk back to my mom when she asked me to clean my room. So try out some of those things. Let us know how you're doing. We'd love to support you. Send us your questions and feedback, and I'll see you next month. I Thank love you. that. That is so yeah. amazing, Sierra. That is, I love that post-it idea. That is phenomenal. I'm going to totally try it and let you know how it goes. We're going to take it. We're going to take a short, short break, and then we got Richard Ellsworth. So we had the whole psych measure of all the technology and and uh, the depression and everything that gets set forth by removing yourself from technology. But now we're blessed enough to have Richard. He's going to take it one step deeper and. Uh, I'm, I'm going to save it for him when he, when, right when we get back. This is Erica Salda, the queen of team. We'll be back with more after these messages. Our teen Sports Radio Show. I am your host, Erica Salda, the Queen of Teen. Please tune in every single Tuesday at 9 a.m. Richard Ellsworth is in the house. Just finished up teaching or having a meeting over at the Braille Institute. Your boss is right to your left, so she knows that you're on the show. Isn't that funny? <laughs> Just like, okay, so I guess it's it's been approved, as they say. Um, Richard, I'm glad you're here, and I know we were going to talk about electrolytes, and I want to save that for next week. Not that electrolytes and hydration is an important being over the summer and being a teen athlete, but we're on a roll now with this technology, so I want to make a shift because it's it's this whole thing on technology opened up because like a month ago and i'll let you tell the story you walk into my bedroom with what yeah so i bought an emf reader and it's something that i've been wanting to buy for years to figure out okay what's emitting the most emfs and i i, I spent so long paranoid about the amount of radiation that's that's coming off of the devices around me and i wanted to know okay what's what's real you know, what, what is actually coming off of what? So I got an, an EMF reader and I brought it into, into Erica's home and uh, I just went around with it. And that was, the, that was the first thing I did when I, when I took it out of the box and I, I could figure out, okay, what's emitting what? And things that are plugged into the wall emit a huge amount of EMFs, blenders, toaster ovens, huge amount of EMFs, went up to laptops, huge amount of EMFs. Huge, huge, huge skyrockets with laptops, cell phones. Um, Remember my phone with the EMF case, okay? Yeah, so Erica's phone has this EMF case on it, and it's still, the EMF reader read huge. It, it lit up, went all the way up to three, 400, um, which, is, which is ridiculous, despite the fact that, that it had this, this protective case on it. So then I tested my phone, and it read zero, nothing. And I didn't put a case on it, but I put a little piece of shungite, a, a tiny piece of the stone called shungite on the back of my phone inside of its normal case. And it was so strong that I held up my phone in front of Erica's phone 
right in front of it, held the EMF reader in front of it, zero, nothing. Um, and the same with, with the laptop and, and other things that were behind it. Um, so Shungite is a really powerful tool as a stone to block EMF radiation. Um, there's another one called Tourmaline, which as it turns out, based on this EMF reader, does not do very much by itself as a stone, but if soaked in water overnight and then you drink that water the next day, it can actually help you to, to ground your physical system to help to negate the effects of that energy that may be lingering in your system. So while we're here talking about technology, technology in general, um, I've had a lot of back and forths with it over the years. and. About five months ago, I would have said technology is the devil and, uh, you know, you have to stay away from it. All the EMFs that are coming off of your phones and your computers and, you know, I can't believe all these people that are carrying their cell phones in their pocket and so on and so forth. Um, but to play the devil's advocate, when I started working at the Braille Institute, I started to realize just how many people there are in the world that depend on oh, and I think it is extraordinarily important to realize the function of technology and to use it for that function. So technology is a tool. Technology is not meant to, technology is meant to make our lives easier and that is how technology should be used. It is not meant for our enjoyment. You know, it's, it's not, you know, you shouldn't be going home and, you know, lying in bed holding your phone and a couple inches from your face watching a movie on Netflix. You know, that's not what technology is for. Technology is to make our lives more simple. But that does not mean that we need to be relying on it all the time. But there are people that do need to rely on it. So it's important to know when to use technology and when not to use technology. And I think that we're talking about, um, about our, our sense of, of self-worth. And I know for individuals who are visually impaired, that technology opens up a huge amount of doorways for independence and can actually make individuals feel more capable on a lot of levels. So again, that is the application of technology as a tool. But if you if you look at technology as a means of of uh, of enjoyment for for watching Netflix or from detaching from the world, what we're also doing is we're detaching from ourselves. So we're not allowing ourselves to process the complex emotions that we need to be dealing with to get through them. So we have this habit of if something is out here in 3D reality is bothering us, we have this tendency to not deal with it, to not think about it and turn to something easier. You know, I don't want to fall into to depression. So instead, I'm going to turn on a movie because then I don't have to think. Then I can turn my brain off. That doesn't allow you to work through the problem. The problem is still there, you know. But if you go out outside, out in nature, you can start to work through these things. The brain will automatically take you through these things. They'll start repeating in your brain and eventually you'll find a solution because we're survivalists. Our brains are built that way. So we will come up with a way to work through it, to, to get rid of the angst, get rid of the anxiety, and we'll come through it that much stronger. But using technology as a form of detachment is, is, really, is really detrimental uh, and, can, and can have a huge negative effect. But that does not mean that technology is not a tool and can be used as, as such. Nice. Sarah, anybody want to say anything? Christine? When I was, um, I was trained as a Waldorf teacher, we, we spoke about this a lot. And it was really important to understand that 
technology, when used correctly, makes us the master, gives us so sovereignty in a certain way over certain things. But when mm -hmm. we are stuck and we think that technology is mastering us or is the boss of us, that's where the problem is. So it's like that really, Lenny, it's, it, is, it is a tool and it does help make our lives much better, but we have to really remember our role in it is that we are to use it as a tool, not to let it use us. Yeah, the Beautiful. fact is that we don't always recognize when it has mastered us, and that's exactly yeah. what we've been talking about this whole show. <laughs> Absolutely. Great. Great. All right. Great show. We got another section coming up right after these messages. Teen Sports Radio Show. I am your host, Erica Salt of the Queen of Teen. Please tune in every single Tuesday, 9 a.m. Welcome back to Teen Sports Radio. This is Christine Marie uh, with A View from the Deck. You can find me on Facebook at A View from the Deck. I also have a Facebook, my personal Facebook, Christine Tandega Marie. You can also call me 805-350-2705. Um, the card I want to talk about, which is perfect for today, it's the Seven of Cups. It talks about and says on the top of it, debauch, Ooh, debauchery. Um, but it's really all about the ways in which we avoid emotional pain um, and that kind of the, the addictive energy that comes. And um, there's as many ways as there are people. <clears throat> these people are kissing. They're using, you know, intimacy, physical intimacy to avoid. But technology um you know alcohol drugs all of those different things um all of them can be used but i think what it brings us back to is a place of deep compassion for the self and to understand that we are feeling pain there are some difficult things that are happening out there it's interesting because as the world has been as we're opening up out of covid and things have been very difficult and lots of scary things happening um you know there are more reasons to avoid that emotional pain eat the cookie, hide, you know, watch television, all of the things, a lot of things we've spoken about today. And so I just wanted to, you know, reach out and say, let's just really, when we do feel that pain or when we, the, the card is talking about when we catch ourselves doing that, love ourselves through it, feel even eat the cookie or finish the TV show or finish the YouTube video, then put it down and say, wow, what was I avoiding and hold our own heart and hold ourselves with deep, deep compassion. Nice. Nicely said. And what's your phone number again, Christine? 805-350-2705. And you're also reading at Paradise, right? I am actually. This Sunday, the 18th, I'm reading um, in, in, in the in-person readings. And I'll also be at the Hotel California on the full moon on the 23rd, I think it is. They do a howl event, so I'll be there. Right. Um, I want to leave a deep bow of gratitude. And this was written by two women that I adore. I fell in love with. Mom Muse, please enjoy this. And this is my gratitude to the show, News Press Radio. Since 2010, we've been performing um, some great community service and taking care of our kids and our business and uh, nonprofits that support those kids. So God bless you. See you next week. Mm. 
deep bow, a deep bow. Mmm, a deep bow, a deep bow. Sun on my face, sun on my face. Gratitude in the heart. Thank you, thank you, thank you for helping us get this far. Oh, wow.